0: It's now time for the billy c show part of the billy c boxing.com network
1: and we're coming to you live from the billy c studios In Lake George, New York, I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328. 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us uh, in part by the Title Bout Championship computer game. Uh, check it out. Get yourself a copy right now. Visit our website, BillyCboxing.com, and uh, click on the banner. Today's Uh, show is also being brought to us in part by our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week boxing channel. That's right. Uh, You get to watch uh, replays of this show, plus all the other specials we've done over the last 15 years as we enter our 16th year. Uh, There'll be a lot more, so uh, check that out. And uh, today's show is being brought to us in part by SouthernGourmetSpice.com. Check out why i use Kenny Bears on all of my stuff. And finally... Today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molyneux from Bondage to Baddest Men on a Planet, is available right now, where all good books are sold, and you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this very show. Just visit bondsandnoble.com or amazon.com. If you're looking to get a signed copy, just drop me an email, Billy at Boxing. Talkinboxing. that's dot com. Uh, as I said in the beginning of the show Just a couple of seconds ago We are entering our 16th year uh, Doing this show uh, I'm real excited about that I know uh, we uh, just took a couple of weeks off For the holidays I hope everybody had uh, a great uh, holiday season And uh, it's time to get back to business here And uh, my business is boxing So uh, we're going to be talking about boxing i got uh, my man Sal Cola Joining us a little bit uh, Dax Khan, uh, Alice Papali uh, Emily Harney. Uh, everybody is uh, chomping at the bit to uh, kick off the 16th year uh, of this show, and uh, as usual, we hope to uh, uh, improve uh, as we go along. And uh, if you haven't checked out the uh, uh, the channel, the Billy C. Boxing Channel, you can watch it um, through uh, all the major streaming services. Uh, Roku uh, is the one I recommend and it's uh, under Ginnico USA. They have a great channel lineup, uh, but uh, you'll find us there. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week uh, of, uh, of our stuff, and some of the stuff that uh, is on there, my favorites are the, uh, the Boxing Revisited shows that Sal and I did, uh, as well as some uh, older stuff. 16 years is a long time, and uh, some of the uh, specials that we've done Uh, Over the years, you could see much uh, younger versions of uh, myself and and Alex and Dax, Uh, so uh, make sure you check it out. Even some stuff in the beginning, uh, when the technologies weren't the same, uh, the video and broadcast technologies, I know there was a show we did up in Canada, uh, Johnny Blaze Robbins and myself, uh, we had no no video that we could uh, actually broadcast at the time. Uh, So we had to go back and take uh, the video and take out uh, stills of the video and and match it to our audio, which uh, was pretty interesting. There was a couple of great cards up there in Canada. So uh, uh, check it out. The uh, the programming does get changed. So if you find yourself, uh, uh, you know, tuning in the same day, same time type of a thing and you're watching the same thing over and over, try a different time. Uh, or go to the, the you can actually on the channel there's a spot where you can go previously in, during that day and pick other time slots uh that had broadcast the show ADVR of sorts I guess but uh anyway I want to uh talk about a couple of fights that ended uh 2019 uh first and foremost Daniel Jacobs um, he took care of business against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr um, you know, this was, uh, this was kind of a, a strange fight for me to watch. Uh, Daniel Jacobs, first of all, I applaud him for getting rid of uh, his trainer uh, for so many years. That was just took him as far as he could. Uh, Andre Rosier, as you guys have heard me say uh, many times in the past, I, I think is uh, a terrible trainer. I, I, honestly, he, he, he is. Nothing against him personally, but, um, but he did take Daniel Jacobs uh, to a uh, world title um but Danny Jacobs looked so much better uh in his fight against Chavez Jr now Chavez on the other hand looked really good in the beginning of that fight when I started watching that fight I was saying wow you know maybe maybe Chavez has finally uh you know uh, made uh, realized that his career was serious and then it was the same old thing with Chavez first it kicked off prior to the fight he was uh, almost five pounds overweight uh so the uh a super middleweight fight became a light heavyweight fight. Uh, He did look like a monster in there. Um, And then he ended up quitting. Uh, You know, quit on his stool. No more, no more. Uh, It got really crazy uh, in that fight. Uh, People throwing stuff, uh, watching the uh, broadcast. They had to protect themselves. It got ugly, man. It got ugly. And, And Daniel Jacobs was really cool about how he handled it. And he was right. He was saying, uh, you know basically Chavez stole his moment from him by being a quitter um, the look of anguish on his father's face the the great Julio Cesar Chavez senior hall of famer when when he saw his son go to the corner and he knew that he was quitting he just shook his head um, we come to find out that he did make an announcement the following day that uh, Chavez Jr. had broken his nose um, but you know not to sound um, you know i don't know barbaric but how many fighters have gone through fights with broken noses and broken hands and worse you know broken legs you know i i I mean it's what they sign up for you know um he quit he quit in the corner this has to be the last uh shot i hope we never see chavez again uh he's a disgrace to the sport of boxing in my opinion uh never uh, uh lived up to the expectations uh certainly uh Uh, his father, uh, uh, (laughs) his father must be sick, Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, kudos to Daniel Jacobs, I hope he continues, you know, I I, I thought that he looked uh, really good and strong uh, at that weight, I I know he was planning on fighting at at super middleweight, maybe he should consider light heavyweight, some big fights for him uh, up there, Uh, Canelo Alvarez has has vacated the super, uh, I'm sorry, the light heavyweight title that he one-off of Kovalev, uh, which is an indication that he doesn't plan on campaigning at light heavyweight, which, again, I I thought that Canelo looked extremely strong uh, at the uh, light heavyweight uh, uh, weight class, so uh, who knows, Uh, but uh, in any event, on the undercard of of that fight um, in the flyweight division, Julio Cesar uh, Martinez, Um, who doesn't love this kid? This was the guy that that already won a title and then lost it in the ring uh, when he hit his opponent while he was down, which he clearly did in the heat of battle, uh, and then uh, got another title shot against uh, Christopher uh, Rosales. And what an exciting fight that was. Um, Martinez uh, scored a a ninth-round stoppage uh, over uh, Rosales uh, to get the win and the WBC flyweight belt. Uh, exciting fight. I, I can't wait to see this kid again, uh, that's for sure. Um, but uh, a couple of fights that took place. And uh, the last fight uh, was actually uh, last week. Um, Javonta Davis, Tank Davis, fought uh, Eurikis Gamboa uh, for the vacant WBA lightweight title. Now, I, I want to start off by saying this. Um, I've always been a huge fan of, of Gamboa. Uh, I actually, and I keep promising this for several years, I, I have all these interviews we did over the last uh, 16 years now, and some of them are, are quite unique. Um, you know, getting young fighters on their way up, Andre Berto, Danny Garcia, and, and Yorokas Gamboa is one of them. Um, I got one of the uh, uh, first interviews with, with Gamboa when he first came over to the country, Um, had to have an interpreter the whole nine. And I I always loved him, you know, Uh, loved uh, his attacking style, totally uh, uh, offense-minded. We learned uh, over the course of his professional career that um, he really never learned defense. He had such uh, athletic ability and hand speed that he was totally reliant on that. Well, what we saw against Tank Davis was an aging fighter where he just couldn't get off on his punches. His, his body, his mind was, was, was you know, knowing what to do, but his body didn't react quick enough. My problem wasn't an aging Gamboa. I, I was expecting that. Um, I was sad to see, it was sad for me to see uh, Gamboa in that state, uh, especially against Tank Davis, who whom I like, but to be honest with you, Tank Davis should have stopped Gamboa, should have made quick work of Gamboa, um, you know, when he's shooting off his mouth saying that, you know, he's the best lightweight when, when you got guys like, you know, Vasily Lomachenko around the corner. i, I, I tell you the truth. Uh, that particular fight proved to me that uh, Javonta Davis does not have a chance in hell uh, against uh, Lomachenko. No chance. Um You know, I I know he was respecting Gamboa, but after five rounds and seeing that Gamboa couldn't let his hands go uh, the way he he is used to, his hand speed just wasn't there. He was accurate. He wasn't landing a couple of counter punches on Davis, uh, but his hand speed just wasn't there. Uh, Davis should have just shifted into the next gear and and taken Gamboa out. He did not do that. The the fight went the distance. Uh, It was a one-sided decision. Uh, but uh, but still, um, uh, you know, it actually didn't go to distance. Uh, uh, re-stopped the fight uh, with a a minute and seventeen seconds in the last round uh, to give uh, uh, Davis the the, the stoppage. Uh, but it could very well have gone the distance. Um, you know, I I, I can't stand uh, that referee. I can't stand him. You know, he he pushes the guys he doesn't like around and. Uh, you know, to listen to commentators say how great uh, of a referee is, uh, is a joke. It just goes to show you that a lot of these commentators really don't know what they're watching. Uh, also on that card, uh, Jean Pascal uh, improved to 35 wins, 6 losses, and a draw when he uh, uh, won a split decision over uh, Badu Jack. I thought Jack won the fight. I thought it was a close fight. Uh, I thought that Badu Jack landed the... Uh, uh, more solid punches. Uh, Pascal is just a wild fighter. Um, I, you know, he was the guy that was supposed to win the fight, and, and he won. Uh, I, you know, I don't think he won the fight. I, I think that fight should have been a draw, or I, I gave the edge to, to Jack, but uh, that was me. And in a fight that was uh, an upset uh, 100% on that card was uh, Lonnie B., Lionel Thompson, improved to 22-5 and five, uh, when he beat uh, uh, Jose uh, Guy Uh, in a with a unanimous decision 95 94 96 92 twice Uh, that fight shocked me Uh, but uh, in any event uh, some news uh, Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury uh, we knew the rematch was coming Uh, it's official Uh, it is set to uh, take place on uh, February 22nd uh, at the MGM in Las Vegas Uh, So uh, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that. And and it brings me to uh, a a lot of uh, questions. You know, um, is Deontay Wilder uh, going to, you know, come out and and take care of business quicker? Uh, Is Tyson Fury going to do the same thing? There's been some smack talk uh, going on uh, between the two fighters already. It's going to be interesting to see, but really it's the first big fight. Of 2020, uh, I'm looking forward to it, uh, but uh, uh, it can't come soon enough for me. Um, I, I just still have this feeling that uh, the fight itself may not uh, come off. I, I I don't know, you know. Uh, Tyson Fury's been making a lot of money uh, outside the ring, and and Wilder just makes a lot of noise. But uh, it's an interesting fight. But first, I want to get some thoughts. On the uh, Gamboa fight, and and, uh, Daniel Jacobs, and joining me right now uh, is uh, my main man, Sal Rocky Senecola. Good morning, Sal. Good
2: morning, Billy C. Happy New Year, pal.
1: Happy New Year to you, my man. Uh, Glad to have you with us in more ways than one. But uh, uh, first and foremost, did you get a chance to watch the gamboa uh, Javante tank Davis fight?
2: Yes, I did, but I will tell you, I didn't see the complete round-by-round. Round. I saw the highlights of several rounds. I just couldn't bring up I, – I couldn't access it. It, it. Every time I did, it continually said, uh, um, no longer available for viewing, something like that. Well,
1: you probably saw the best parts of it. Uh, what I was saying earlier was that Gamboa just – he was an aged fighter and and you know his reflexes were not reacting to what his mind was telling him but to tell you the truth Sal I thought maybe Tank Davis should have taken him out in that fight a lot sooner
2: yeah I thought I really thought that you know I thought Tank would have probably taken him out before the fifth sixth round but uh it looked like he could have any time really but I guess he put in some work and and uh it was it was inevitable i knew tank was gonna beat the
1: guy let me Just ask you I don't want to drop the hammer let me ask you this does yeah. davis have a chance with lomachenko
2: i don't want to even really say it right now i think i think it's it, it's a definitely a fighter's chance of course but uh there's still some unknown entities, but I don't think he's going to get past Romanchenko. No. I really don't. No. First of all, Romanchenko's a full lightweight now. And, uh, and uh, you know, I think I think he's just, is just one of the best. Uh, you know, I think Tank is, is very good. I think he's going to mature and get better and better. But I, I think Romanchenko is probably
1: going to beat him. Did you get a chance to see the Daniel Jacobs-Chavez Jr. fight?
2: No, I didn't. I didn't. How was that?
1: Well, Chavez pulled a... Uh, he quit on that, so... Uh, uh, nothing well, what do
2: you expect? The I, guy's been a quitter ever since he started fighting.
1: I know, and it's a shame, because, uh, first of all, the, to, I'm sure this will please you even more. He came in almost five pounds overweight, Sal. Five pounds.
2: You know, what do these idiots bring the carrot bring the, uh, back to resurrection? This guy, This guy has... Dog in him. He doesn't fight. He's not. He, he's not a, a tribute to his father's legacy. He's no. just a, i I'm telling
1: you, I'm pissed at that. No, it's it's. He uh, he came in overweight. He did look good. Then uh, he quit on his stool. He broke his nose and not to sound brutal, but how many times have fighters fought with severe cuts? You yourself, broken noses. Uh, uh, you know, broken arms, hands. Uh, and they keep going uh, you know it's unfortunate for for boxers but the boxing fan expects them to continue in MMA they can tap out and quit nobody says anything but in boxing you know if you quit on your stool it's you pray you pay the big price with the fans eyes can you give me some thoughts on that like why you think fans feel that way
2: well because you know you're you're a warrior you 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 try to live up to what you're passing yourself off as. And, you know, when you fall short of that, you know, we are human, and uh, we we should never quit. And that's, that, that's, uh, that's not the spirit of a true champion or fighter. And, uh, you know, I, I really, really, I, I'm very much not a big, fan of uh, Chavez Jr and uh, you and I have seen him lose time after time and not put up the fight just for even his father's legacy
1: so uh, no, he doesn't deserve another chance
2: he really shouldn't
1: you should have seen <laughs> you should have seen his father when he quit in the corner. He just put his hands, his, he put his head in his hands and shook his head and he was embarrassed. I said, oh shit, not, not
2: again, that, please, I can't do this again.
1: That's, <laughs> that's pretty much what he looked like, but uh, all right, let's get, uh, you know, we're in our 16th year, I'm glad you're part of the show, uh, we're entering uh, Thank you. Uh, our 16th year, we're, we're loving it, um, big fight to kick off 2020. Uh, In a couple months Or a little less than two months uh, On February 22nd uh, Is the rematch Deontay Wilder against Tyson Fury uh, Will be taking place at the MGM Grand In Las Vegas Um, Sal, we're going to have plenty of time To talk about this But the fight has been made official Um, You know, uh, the last two fights That uh, each of these fighters had They were supposed to win And they both did Um, What's your thoughts? Do you think that this fight is going to be any different than the first fight. I mean, do these guys go in with different game plans? One one change that has taken place that I believe is a significant change is that um, Tyson Fury has a new trainer. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I've always thought that that was a mistake uh, of fighters going into big fights. Um, sometimes it proves me right and sometimes it proves me wrong. Um, do you think it's going to matter in this fight? And do you think that this, the game plans of both these guys are basically going to be picking up where they left off?
2: Yes. And no, I, I think pretty much, I think that Wilder, you know, he's got that punch that will just knock your head off. And, uh, and I see him utilizing that. And, you know, we also saw him kind of box a little more last time. Um, but uh, you know I I think I think he's gonna wanna just be making a statement and I think Fury Fury to his credit I mean he he is a warrior and he's done things and he's moved like a big guy should have no right to (laughs) and a guy like him uh, you just never know that's why he's so elusive and Good, uh, but I do think that Wilder, you know, he catches you in the wheelhouse, uh, in his wheelhouse, and it's going to be lights out. I think
1: so. Um, do you think so? You're, you're predicting an early prediction is Wilder's going to knock Fury out this time, uh, and you think it's going to be earlier.
2: Well, I think I think he's going to want to really make that statement, and he's going to go out there. And, uh, I mean, I think, you know, you got two big guys like that. And uh, it, it's going to be a great, great fight starting. But I, I don't think it's going to go past five. I really don't.
1: Huh. You think he's just going to come out and attack him, huh?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think, I think there will be an initial maybe one round just feeling each other out a little bit. But then I think, uh, you know, Wilder is going to lower the boom and try to get him out fast. You know, because it's, he, knows how dangerous, he knows how dangerous he could be later in a fight.
1: Well, you know, in the first fight, I kind of thought that that's what Wilder was doing, and I kind of thought that that's exactly what Tyson Fury was expecting. And, you know, the end result was most of us believed that despite uh, being dropped twice and one of the times I thought he was dead, we um, we all, yeah. we all yeah. thought that Tyson Fury still won that fight. And um, you know if if Deontay Wilder comes out, and and I can understand your point because he's going to feel, uh, hey, you know, I know I can knock this guy out. Uh, he didn't hurt me. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to go after him quicker. I'm, I'm not going to respect him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I I think that kind of I, I can understand your view, Sal, and I can and I can certainly agree with it to a uh, to a degree that, um, you know, Deontay Wilder has that freakish punching power. He is going to go all-out attack. But I think the equalizer is the fact that Tyson Fury is expecting that. And I think that his defensive game, which is so good, plus his counter-punching, which is fantastic, is exactly what kept him in the first fight. If I'm Deontay Wilder, I, I approach this fight slightly different. We noticed when when Tyson Fury fights somebody that um, you know forces him to to be the guy who 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 makes the first move, so to speak. Tyson Fury's not the same fighter. He's he's better when people are attacking him, and he can use his boxing. Oh, yeah. He can use his boxing ability and stuff like that. Um, I I think that it's time. And nobody's been more critical of Deontay Wilder than than myself that Deontay Wilder's a one-dimensional fighter. He's got punching power. That's it. He's got no movement. He displayed a, a good jab in one fight, and that was against Bermain-Stavern. I think that if Deontay Wilder truly wants to win this fight and win it convincingly with a knockout, I think what he needs yeah. to do is he needs to to fight a, a more traditional boxing uh match uh, uh, take it you know uh, approach the fight as a boxing match not a seek and destroy and I think that he will throw Tyson Fury off his game if he does that. and I think that if he had the if he had the ability Sal to jab him yeah. and move and 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 make Tyson Fury come after him, it'll set up shots for him to land when Tyson Fury's coming forward. the big question of, of the of the year, and it's early in the year, but the big question of the year is, can he do it? Does he have the boxing ability to do it? And my answer is no, I don't. So therefore, I think that the fight is going to be, I, I think, a carbon copy of the first one. Uh, with the difference of uh, the, the the burden is going to fall on Fury to, to be a little more careful. You know, that's, that's a very good assessment.
2: And I, I can see the fight going like that as well. Um, i I don't think that fury could really withstand that much punishment uh, this time. And uh, you know, every time that head gets knocked, you know what 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 does it leave for the next fight? And we've seen many times a fighter is not quite the same after a, a war. Now, I'm sure, you know, fury is not going to have that kind of effect, but you never know. You never know. We're going to see. You know, we're, we're, as soon as I think um, Wilder hits him with a good shot, you know, you don't know what's going to bring back memories and what, what uh, he can do because he he's never really been in that position. But uh, I, I think it's going to be a very good fight, and you made some excellent points, my friend.
1: Yeah, you know, I just think it's time for for um, Deontay Wilder to to show us something different. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is if he had something different, I think he already would have showed it to us. I think he's a one-trick yeah. pony, uh, and, un- and fortunately for him, that one trick has been very successful for him. He's exciting. <laughs> yeah. to, well, he's been he's exciting to watch because people that love boxing love a knockout. And so far, for the, yep. most of his, all of his fights, except for the one, um, or actually two now, um, he's uh, he, he's gotten a knockout, you know? So um, I, I think he's going to do exactly what you said. I think he's going to come out, seek and destroy, try to end it quickly. And I think that Tyson Fury is, is is just, that's what he's planning on him doing. And uh, one thing about Tyson Fury is, I think he's a hell of a lot smarter than Deontay Wilder in every aspect, uh, especially inside the ring. So uh, I just, you know, and, and the, the thing is, is, is Deontay has a great trainer. Um, and, you know, if he listens to his trainer, which at times he seems like he does, I think it's time for, for uh, the, the, his team, um, you know, Deontay Wilder's team, to come up and devise a game plan that Deontay sticks to it and and gets Tyson Fury thinking. And if you got him overthinking instead of just reacting, uh, Wilder's got a chance to, to end the fight sooner. If he comes out doing what he, he did the first fight, we may see a carbon copy.
2: We may. And that's a great point, Billy. C. You really do assess this totally. And I, and I appreciate it. You know, I still, it still befuddles me how you could have Mark Breland who, let's say there was not another Golden Glover or a guy like that that could fight, that could box, that could do things. I just can't believe he cannot get through to, to uh, Deontay Wilder. And that, it, it's the question I always ask myself. I said, I can't believe that Mark Breland is the trainer of Deontay Wilder because I think he should do so much more. Um, But he just doesn't. So, like I said, he probably counts on his one trick, and and he's one with it. But uh, Breland, Breland and I give him some credit to try and change him, but then again, you know why? Why change a proven entity? You
1: know. Yeah, but we don't know that he hasn't tried. We don't know what they do in the gym. <laughs> you know, Breland. Breland probably listen. Breland has proven to be a great trainer, just as good as uh, as as great as he was as a fighter. Um, I I just yep. think that, you know, fighters have a tendency. And come on, Sal. You you can you. I'm assuming you're going to agree with me, but fighters have a tendency, in the heat of a battle. You know, every fighter. Uh, that, you know, comes out and if they're a, a, an attack fighter and somebody teaches them, oh, no, you got you to gotta jab, you got to set up the thing. It's like a quarterback that's a runner uh, in college and they, they get drafted in the NFL and the first thing they want to do is make them a pocket passer. And, and you know, it's like it, they work on it and work on it and work on it. And, and in training camp and in practice, that quarterback can do it. Uh, you know, a fighter that's an attacking style They work on a jab And in, in training camp, he does it You know, in sparring, he does it But as soon as the bell rings And he gets hit um, He goes back to what's normal for him And just like the quarterback who's Who ran and scrambled his whole career They revert back to that Because it, it clicks automatically They don't have to think about it And I think that that's exactly what happens with fighters That a fighter... When they get clocked, or they get into some kind of trouble, or, or something isn't working the way they planned it, something clicks in their mind, and and they go back to what is their comfort zone. You know, it's like being a right yeah. hander, and all of a sudden trying to develop your left hand, and all of a sudden uh, when push comes to shove, you're you're back utilizing that right hand. You know, so am I right? I mean, it doesn't don't doesn't automatic take over at some point.
2: You know, you you make some great points. Billy. And when you're in the trenches, yeah, you kinda revert back to what you feel most comfortable. And that's just you know, let them go and do this, do that. But uh and and that could be very much the case, you know, if uh you know, you're in that wheelhouse and you're getting shot that you didn't expect. But you know, that's, that's a hell of a point. It really is. And I think that uh we're gonna see a good fight. I know it's gonna be a good fight. Going to be exciting. It's going to be what two big heavyweights are supposed to bring to the table. And I really feel that, uh, just in my heart of hearts, I just feel that that one trick pony is going to surprise a lot of people earlier. Well, it's so
1: we'll it'll certainly, uh, uh, you know, he'll be making some big money for that fight, first time in his career. And uh, <laughs> it'll certainly, uh, certainly catapult him. Not that, you know, he's not considered, uh, you know, the best, if not one of the top three heavyweights in the world by most but uh the fight will uh, uh people are uh, all eyes are on him you know and, and that's why i would like to see him come out uh and show us something else i i think it just it, it'll add if he comes out seeking destroy uh people are gonna say see that's what he does but uh, uh anyway we'll, yeah. have lo- we'll have a we'll have a lot of time to talk about it we got a uh, uh, what is it, almost eight weeks, seven weeks to talk about it. Um, we'll be talking about some other things. There'll be some fights next week to chat with, and uh, we'll, look, we'll be looking forward to your thoughts uh, on those uh, as well, my man.
2: Well, that sounds good, and I'll tell you what, though. You and I have watched this game closely, and we've seen some stars evolve before our eyes. And I guess I could say Canelo Alvarez is one of them. But uh, I'll tell you what—that boxing, I've always used that term, rebooted itself, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's alive. It's great. It's a sport. It's—it's it's what we want. And uh, these fighters are now taking the challenges that they want to fight the best because they feel they are the best. And thats, that's exactly what you and I've been professing all these years. So I'm very happy about that. And as long as the fighter has that spirit, we're going to see some great wars for 2020.
1: I'm I'm with you. And speaking of being with you, we've got to uh, coordinate uh, doing something live from your place uh, soon, maybe over the next couple of months. So uh, we'll uh, we'll put that in play, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, brother.
2: Sounds good, brother. You take care. Have a great day, and happy new year again.
1: All right. Take it easy, Sal.
2: Take care,
1: buddy. Bye-bye. That's my main man, Sa- Sal Rocky Senecola. Don't forget to check out. If you're in the uh, St. Simons Island uh, area, make sure you go to his restaurant. Uh, all the information can be found uh, at uh, Sal's uh, Italian Restaurant and Pizzeria.com. Um, or you can just click the banner up on uh, uh, .com. Speaking of great stuff, I, you know, you guys hear me talk about uh, Kenny Bears, uh, SouthernGourmetSpice.com, uh, check it out, uh, Kenny Bears makes this barbecue rub that's, uh, really great, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm addicted to the stuff, I put it on everything, pizza, burgers, chicken, the whole nine, uh, it was, it was designed as a rub, uh, for, uh, you know, slow cooking and stuff, uh, but Kenny, my man Kenny, my man, it's a real person, by the way, uh, he keeps promising me he's gonna take me fishing, but, uh, Uh, I I don't know, you know, he's so busy coming up with new stuff like uh, his Cajun uh, Spice and also his uh, Seasoned Salt Spice, uh, which uh, is up on the screen right now. Check it out, man. Get yourself a a bottle of this or the original Kenny Bears uh, Barbecue Rub. Uh, Visit uh, SouthernGourmetSpice.com and find out what all the hubbub is about. It's some great stuff, man. And I, I I kid you not. And and you could reach out to him yourself. Uh, go to their website and and uh, drop him a comment and ask him how pathetic I am when I'm running out of this stuff and I got to order more myself. You know, I, it's like uh, it's like I'm a, I'm a Kenny Bear's addict. Uh, I can't uh, uh, I can't go on without the stuff. So uh, check it out. Order yourself a bottle. Let me know what you think. I know you're gonna love it. Uh, visit southerngourmetspice.com. Listen, I'm going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll have uh, my man uh, Dax Khan join us, so uh, don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back.
3: Check out BillyCboxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache.
2: Oh, that hurts.
1: Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCboxing.com consider this your warning
0: now back to billy C. interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com.
1: and where you're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Don't forget to check out our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week boxing channel. That's right. Go to Billy C. Boxing under uh, Ginnico USA. Uh, find out all the information. Go to Uh You can catch it uh, on Roku and all the other major streaming devices. It was uh, uh, fun to watch it on a big screen TV for the first time uh, I did recently. But uh, anyway, joining us right now. Uh, is my man uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning, Billy C. Happy New Year, my mo- my brother. Can you imagine that we're in our sixteenth year?
0: I'm telling you, sixteen years, man. You know, we we may may not be the biggest show out there, but you know, we're, we're like Mexican fighters. We just keep on coming straight forward.
1: I don't know. Nobody else has done it consistently for sixteen years, and I don't know if you catch uh, uh, the channel, but I, you know, I always seem the uh, fall on a couple of the uh, old things we've done and there's uh, a couple of episodes specifically that have uh, you uh, myself and Alex uh, when we were doing the roundtable discussions and man I, I tell you we look so much younger man it's kind of scary to be honest with you you know and I look at it, I'm like man it was when was I that young looking you know it just has it seems to have happened so quick and Speak, speak,
0: I, I didn't I, I didn't have teenagers
1: then. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. I know. I'll wait till you become a grandparent. but uh, speaking of uh, aging, um I was talking earlier, Gamboa aged uh, really in his last couple of fights, but against Davis uh, uh, last week he he clearly was an aged fighter. Uh, did not look like his body was reacting to what he wanted to do. Um, that didn't surprise me. I, I, I kind of expected that with, with Gamboa. Um, but what did surprise me was Tank Davis did not look like he, he didn't take advantage of it. And, and, you know, for a guy that talks the smack he does, um, to me, I, I, I finally, you know, the realization kicked in that he doesn't stand a chance uh, with a fighter like uh, Lomachenko.
0: No, not at all. Um, well, first, just addressing Gamboa, looking like an aged fighter. You know, he is 38 years old. We forget you know, how many uh, uh, amateur fights he has behind him. But, you know, his style and the type of fighter he is, Bill, he's always been one of those fighters who relies on those quick reflexes, uh, um, you know, to throw a lot of punches. And, of course, as you get older, you can't let your hands go as much. And moving up a weight class, we had to expect that also. But on the other hand, considering, though, Gamboa, he didn't look that bad. Maybe that had to do with uh the poor performance that Davis put on. Considering, you know, you moved up a division and you still needed two turns at the at the scale to make weight. You know, that that that's very disappointing. Um, you know, he looked lethargic inside the ring, he, he inside the ring. He didn't have um the stamina was obviously not the best. So I don't really know. Um Sometimes I really think that Javante Davis is very unhappy with his surroundings. He's been vocal about um, his contract with Mayweather, wanting to get out of it, when he's getting out of it, and so on. Last year, he was quite vocal about that, even on social media. You know, sometimes when you're not happy and you have um, a lot of people around you who are really not good influences, other than the fact that they can fight and they're really skilled, it's just a bad environment for him. We, we, um, sometimes we also forget, Davis is young. So he's easily impressionable, he doesn't have uh, you know, a lot of experience, life experience I should say, behind him in the business world. I don't want to be too harsh on him. Um, I want to wait until we see his next fight and see how he does. Then I wasn't overly critical of uh, Noya Nui for going uh, the distance with a 37-year-old Nonito Donaire when everybody else was. So let let's see what happens in his next fight. But he can't keep coming in overweight like this and just thinking that he's going to cruise and coast. You know,
1: the thing is, is that boxing doesn't give. Unfortunately, it doesn't give us the opportunity to learn by age. You know, so, you know, you're supposed to surround yourself, and today's fighter knows a lot more from from the historical aspect of uh, fighters of years gone past that have have been taken advantage of. So I think they start out, you know, a little more educated. I think you have to throw in the mix that he's choosing also to hang around with some negative influences uh, outside the ring. Which I think transforms to performances inside, plus discipline with weight and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, it's a short-lived career, uh, the sport of boxing. Even even today, when fighters fight longer, and you know, Davis is 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 in the middle right now. I mean, he's at his prime, and you know, he's supposed to take a guy like Gamboa, and it's a, it's a great-looking fighter on his resume. But he's supposed to do what he needs to do, you know. Take care of Gamboa. I agree with you that Gamboa looked good with his counter punching, but he had a fraction of his hand speed. You know, if if I, I just couldn't help but but can, you know, match in my head, Davis against Lomachenko, and the guy doesn't stand a chance. I wouldn't have said that six months ago. I had confidence that that Davis would give him a fight. I don't think so at this point.
0: No, I, I, I agree, um, especially with the part, you know, in boxing. Unfortunately, you don't really get to learn on the job, and it is a uh, a short career. It's only been the last maybe decade, I guess, you know, uh, to be a little generous, that, you know, guys can go in there into their 40s and fight. And a lot of that has to do with how um, how rarely guys fight nowadays. You know, they're fighting once a year and not always against, you know, the very best, and that allows a uh, a guy to, a fighter to um Drag out his career a little bit longer But you know at these lower weights Especially you really don't get that chance You know we see that at you know the upper weight At the upper weight we don't see it in the lower weight So Davis is going to have to uh, really uh, Buckle down make some changes and do what he's Got to do especially because you know He's going to the first thing He's going to have to do Bill he's going to have to Forget about the fact that Gamboa went Almost a full 12 rounds he's going to have to Somehow make the fans forget That Gamboa went almost a full 12 Rounds after 10 of them he had uh, the bad Achilles heel, the bad uh, the tendon. You know, that's what fans are always going to think of. You know, gee, um, 10 rounds with a bad tendon, a 38-year-old fighter, and you couldn't get him out of there?
1: Yeah, I, I, I understand. Yeah, you know, boxing's
0: a business, Bill. You know, we, we state that. The fighters like to state that. It's a business. And when something like that happens, it hurts your marketability.
1: Speaking of uh, marketability, Jared Hurd uh, is returning to the ring. Um, and he's going to be on the uh, uh, Mikey Garcia um, uh, Reddit card. I, I, I'm shocked at this, and not that he's coming back, but I'm shocked that he's fighting at the 154 pound weight class again. Um, you know, he he's apparently he's he's going to be uh, in in uh, uh, in the same weight class uh, when he fights uh, Francisco Santana. Um, I I would have thought for sure that he would have decided to come back as a middleweight at least, especially when he turned down the rematch uh, to fight for the title in which he lost. I I, I don't understand it. What's your thoughts on that?
0: I don't understand it either. There is no way that anybody can say this guy does not struggle to make 154 pounds. You know, we sit there and talk about how big uh, the Charlo brothers are. Jerry Hurd is bigger than the Charlo brothers, and Jerry Hurd is a good boxer. But as we were just talking about with Davis, all that weight on him really makes it hard for Hurd to let his hands go. We see that. We seen that in the J-Rock fight, and him, you know, wanting to stay at 154. I don't know why he would do that. I, I have no idea. Maybe they're waiting for a bigger fight. I'm not sure. Why, um, you know, that was my thoughts on why he turned down, uh, you know, the rematch for his for his belts, saying, you know what, the weight just is too much for me. That's why I'm not going to do it. There makes no uh, makes no sense, you know. And and to top it off, you know, the marketability aspect again, you know, he's going in there making a return against a guy who's a career welterweight.
1: I, that's I know. I just it i don't understand i would have thought so he's not
0: going to get any props you know what i mean he's not going to get any credit for the win no matter how dominant he is or especially if it goes um out longer
1: it just it it's it screams that he didn't want to fight the guy style makes fights i i thought maybe it was something to do with making weight but um you know he didn't i, I would have thought i th- would have thought for sure he would have wanted to rematch with Julian Williams i, I just it shocks me. It shocked yeah. me. You know, yeah,
0: styles styles make fights, Bill. But you know what? This is boxing. You're on that world class level. You can't sit there and say I'm not going to fight a guy because I don't like the style.
1: I know. No, you're right. You're right. 100. Um, percent You know. And, and speaking of the Charlo brothers, you know, I know, I know, I get a a, a lot of uh, a flack for this, but I think they're overrated, grossly overrated, both of them. You know, um, you know, I, I, the last fight, yeah, it, it was an impressive fight. Um, for the, uh, for Charlo, uh, super, uh, uh, you know, junior middleweight fight. Uh, the middleweight fight, I, he, he just, you know, that Charlo, I always get them confused. That Charlo never fights anybody. I, I just think that their they're, they're shtick is the fact that they're twins, and they are in shape all the time, and they do look exciting, but neither one of them have ever fought a top-notch guy. And, you know, now with what the PBC seems to be doing with trying to separate themselves from the rest of the sport, uh, you know, I, I don't see it changing. What's your thoughts?
0: Now, for a while, though, you know, there was quite a, a good round robin, or, you know, bigger than a round robin, actually, in that uh, 154-pound division. You know, you had both the Charlotte brothers. You had Jerry Hurd. Um, Austin Trout, um, you know, he was, you know, he he's he faded quite a bit. But, you know, at the time... Uh, Austin Trout was uh, up there, you know, with the uh, the top five guys. Anyway, um, so I really don't know why that all didn't materialize. I, you know, that would have been great for boxing. Would have been great, you know, for for um, for the Charlo brothers. You know, and then you um, had the loss for um, for uh, Jamal, and then he comes back. He looks good. He wins the belt back from um, Tony Harrison. Uh, you know, Jamal jumps up to middleweight. And he has looked less than ordinary, you know, at middleweight. So um, you know, you're right. I don't you know I hate to be that uh, critical, but yeah, you're right. Um, you know, their whole thing is that um they're twins. Matter of fact, even if they you know if they weren't twins, just the fact that they're brothers, it would not have sold so much as they had. you know what I mean, they wouldn't have been able to live off of that as much as they have so far. Let
1: me let me tell you the the Tony Harrison fight was exciting because he was losing that fight. He was getting it was a boxing lesson that Tony Harrison was displaying his counter His accuracy was 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 doing him doing justice for for Harrison. Uh, but then he got caught, and you know that's the nature of the business. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a third fight. I, I really wouldn't. It's exciting enough, and it and it justifies it. You know, but uh, but you know he was able to get that opponent. To draw that kind of a fight out of him, whereas his brother has not. His brother has talked smack. I I can't. The image that's in my mind is is the the uh, altercation to a degree they had with Daniel Jacobs in, in, in at Madison Square Garden. I think it was Madison Square Garden or Barclays Center. Um, and, you know, he was like talking smack, and and all of a sudden Daniel Jacobs stops as he was walking by and goes to him, and, and he looked like he looked like that bully that finally somebody stands up to, and he just shut up, you know. And, uh, um, you know, that's the kind of fight that he needs to do. If he wants to act like that and walk around with the bling, bling, bling and, and pound his chest and, and all of that – at some point you got to put it up, man. Otherwise, just shut up.
0: This this is true. You know, the the um the Jacob's incident, that was a little bit more than just um boxing, you know. The, the, they were really talking Danny Jacob's down, and you know, Danny Jacob's just happened to be walking by and catch a little bit of what they were saying in his ear already knowing what they had been saying online and in interviews and he called them out on it and Danny Jacobs that night if you go and watch it he had a little bit of street in him you know so I don't think you know the uh, the Charlo brothers were you know ready for Danny Jacobs to step up on him like that you know look at their faces they were shocked
1: I know I know
0: um, and, you know hundred again you know we speak about 154 pounds you know Jamel Charlo you know 154 pounds is not the right division for him and as far as the Harrison I Tony Harrison was supposed to be a showcase. Tony Harrison wasn't supposed to win that first fight, and he certainly wasn't supposed to do as well as he did in the second fight.
1: Yeah, but he's, he showed that this, he had a much superior skill set. And speaking of which, we mentioned Daniel Jacobs. You know, Daniel Jacobs, that whole Chavez Jr. fight, uh, yeah, Chavez looked good. You and I talked about that uh, off air. He looked good um, at five pounds overweight, uh, and then he pulled his, his you know, quitting... But I think Daniel Jacobs has catapulted himself uh, in in you know that that pound for pound category. I, I think he's shown us that. Um, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing him again. He finally shed uh, Andre Rozier as a trainer. I think it's gonna help him immensely. Uh, he's a, a team oriented guy, you know he he focuses and I love seeing him in the corner when he's listening intently uh, to his trainer. He goes and does what the trainer says. Uh, he's seemingly getting better and better, and I, I can't wait to see him again. I, I think he's got a lot of opportunities in front of him, and I think one of the smartest things he did was hook up with Hearn.
0: I'm sorry, with uh, Ed, a lesson.
1: Eddie Hearns. I, oh,
0: I think oh, it was one
1: of the smartest things, that he hooked up with Hearns.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the first thing that happened was he gets himself a title shot. Right, uh, right. Yeah, but um, Jacobs, you know, I really believe, if you go back to the Golovkin fight for the example that, again, with weight, he was having a hard time making 160 pounds. You know, he wouldn't have came in as a a heavyweight, I mean, as a light heavyweight on the night that uh, they, they fought. So now at 168 pounds, he doesn't have to cut as much weight. Let's see what happens. You know, Jacobs, his style has changed a little bit in the last, you know, four or five fights he's become uh, more boxer and when he does seem to have a guy hurt Jacobs doesn't go in there and finish and I think um, that kind of hurts him a little bit on the cards I think that hurt him in the Golovkin fight to be honest with you and you know in the Canela fight you know, he, he really flopped in that fight. Um, it's not that um, he was hurt at all in that fight. He just uh, more or less seemed like he froze under those big lights for some reason. So let's see how Jacobs does once he gets a little bit of resistance at 168 pounds. Maybe a guy like Fedor uh, Shudinov, um, you know, who will let his hands go, who does have some pop. Let's see how uh, Jacobs deals with that at super middleweight. Let's see if Jacobs actually lets his hands go if he has uh, one of his uh, opponents hurt. Because all the guys that he's going to have to fight in that division, they're always going to have that hometown advantage experience especially if it comes to, like, a Billy Joe Saunders or a Callum Smith, who didn't look that good in his last outing. So, you know, Jacobs is going to have to step it up and do just a little bit more to make sure that the judges look at it in his way.
1: Finally, um, the last point I wanted to ask you is Canelo Alvarez, uh, I I thought, had a great performance against Kovalev, uh, stopping him uh, in November and picking up his WBO uh, light heavyweight title. Well, he vacated it. Um, uh, you know, mid-December, uh, he vacated the title. Um, it, it, it seems that that's indicative of him not wanting to campaign at light heavyweight, which, quite honestly, Dax, I thought that he, he did a, a hell of a lot better. I mean, he, he had his power back at him. He looked very, very solid at, at 175. Um, I would imagine he's going to go to 168. Uh, I, I can't see him going back to middleweight. Maybe he will. That's my question. What's your thoughts? Is he going to go to 160? Is he going to go to 168? I mean, he seemingly did not have the pop at 160 uh, that he had at 154, but he certainly had it at 175.
0: Um, I don't really know if he had the pop at 175. Um, You know, it was an impressive knockout of Kovalev, but it wasn't a, a quick knockout so to speak. You know, uh, Kovalev was worn down, and then, you know, he ended up getting the stoppage. You know, Canelo fought smart, which is what you need to do. You know, at uh, middleweight, there's really not a lot of big fights at middleweight for him. Who's, um, there's the unification fight with uh, Demetrius Andrade, assuming, you know, he wins his next fight, maybe at Durevichenko. But other than that, there's no big money fights for him there. Are there any big money fights for him at 168? There, There is. Um, you know, you have the... Um, the Callum Smith fight, there are a, um, a few uh, champions that are over here, like David Benavidez or uh, K- Caleb Plant. Other than that, though, I'm not really sure what he's going to do business-wise and what would uh, actually suit him. Light heavyweight, though, is certainly not the place for him. He looked great against Kovalev, but, you know, there's a couple guys in that division that are not only good boxers, but they're hard punchers, and there's one guy that he wouldn't be able to escape if he stayed in that division because the public would call for him to uh, fight him, and that's going to be Arthur Beterbiev. And honestly, that would be just a train wreck waiting to happen. I wouldn't put my guy in there with Arthur Beterbiev coming up from uh, middleweight. I don't care if he knocked Kovalev out with one punch in the first minute of the fight.
1: I think that the fight is against Bivol. I think that he should fight Bivol at 168. Bivol can can fight at 168, and you know, Canelo has made it clear that he's looking for the biggest fights, for the biggest money. I mean, he he's proven everything he has to prove. He doesn't have to go and fight a Rocky Fielding anymore. You know, he will seek out big fights against big names. And you're right. When you start to filter out who's available to him, um, you know, the the pickings are slim. You know, you got Callum Smith. Uh, he likes to fight in Vegas, so you know. I mean, is Callum Smith going to be a big draw in Vegas? Bivol maybe. He's fought in the United States uh, several times. Uh, and then who else is there? It, it, you know, is a guy, is a Charlo brother going to fight Canelo at middleweight? Forget about it. No way. You know. Uh, you know. Do they have the Triple G fight? Triple G is too much. He's become the guy that everybody said was too big. Is too small. You know Canelo's bigger than Triple G. Daniel Jacobs is bigger than Triple G uh, even Floyd Mayweather is the same size as Triple G. All these guys said that Triple G was too big, and the truth of the matter is
0: Triple G's not as big as any of them no I agree, but the um also you know with thirty seven years old, you know what and um, after the first two fights, it's not really going to create much uh, much uh, interest with the public and also that a win over triple g what's that really going to do for him he's already has the one draw and a win over him so it it just really doesn't make sense in my opinion as for um can I, you know i'm saying i'm thinking to myself bill and I'm thinking about the fans. Right now, Canelo has set the bar so high for himself that no matter what he does, he's going to undergo criticism. You know, even if he fought a guy that's in the top 10 at super, middleweight, or light, heavyweight, he's going to get criticism. Right now, the fans are only going to want him to fight the very top guys, and that's it. So Canelo would have to either just wait around for these top guys to become available, or Canelo is going to have to sit there and, you know, stay busy in the ring, do his job, fight whoever is willing, you know, whether or not they're a top 10 guy or they're some sort of trinket holder and that's not going to please the fans but you know as you stated canelo wants the very best fight so canelo I mean might be, you know he has he has his choice of who he wants to fight and the only person that I would keep him away from is Arthur Beterbiev. Um, canelo against uh, Dimitri bival would be a great fight not only can both guys punch both guys are fantastic boxers and I think the uh, the public would love it
1: Beterbiev is 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 a is a, 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 a killer um, but he he's he's a barbaric fighter. Canelo, that matchup might be a good fight for Canelo in terms of showcasing his boxing skill, but it's not an easy fight, you know. Uh, and I agree with you there. They're they're gonna wait a little. He's too. He's and B to
0: bf is a better boxer than give him credit for.
1: Yeah, but his footwork is kind of strange. You notice how his, the way his stance is. You know, I mean that's why he's been down. It's not that he's been hurt it's that he, he gets knocked off balance and i think that a, a guy like canelo could could you know take advantage of that um but uh but i, I still like the the Bivol fight two young fighters um it means uh something i i want to see canelo fight not that he has anything to prove but i'd like to see him fight a, a young gun you know what i mean um i i don't know i don't know i i, I that's what i'm looking for but i mean if
0: they uh, this, this this um the year, Bill, is there, is starting out great. You no, know? I mean next week we got great fights.
1: Yeah, next week I, I, you know, we do have some fights. We'll be talking about them uh, next week. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, a couple of the the cards. I'm not looking forward to Clarissa Shields' fight, and I'm not even gonna watch it. You know, I, I've I've totally turned off uh, with her, and um, you know all, all of the antics and the, and the mouthing and and all of this. But uh, there are some other good fights that we'll get a chance to talk
0: to. I I will be at the Claressa Shields fight.
1: Well, I know, I I know you you like watching her fight. I'm not saying she's not a good fighter. It's just that the Uh, no, no,
0: I'll just you know, hey, look, it's a title fight. Uh, There's two title fights on that card, so you know, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be covering that. I'm going to be down there with uh, um, the kids from the gym, Newberg Hook Elite and Leonard Lee, and um, we're covering that for us. So um, you know, just when you're starting out the year, um, you know, with big title fights, especially when they're close to here, um, you know, excited. I'm especially looking forward to the uh, the Joe Smith. Jr. and um, and Jesse Hart fight.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting fight. Um, you know, Joe Smith Jr., the one-punch knockout uh, guy, and, and Jesse Hart, you never can count him out. I, I like the fight. I like the fight. But, uh, but anyway, that would be good. Um, we'll, uh, we'll definitely get your insight on that uh, post-fight uh, next week. So. And,
0: and, and speaking of weight, you know, we're talking about all this weight, Bill. Jaime Mungayi making his official move to middleweight.
1: I love that, too. I, I heard some reports out of his camp that he's, he's picked up some speed at the heavier weight, which I'm, I'm kind of curious to see. But that was my only knock on him. That he had no hand speed and he took too many punches. So uh, let's see if if struggling making weight was an issue for that. I mean, you know he's got uh, he's got six pounds to to deal with now. So uh, we'll see if it makes a difference. That. We all love that kid. That's for sure.
0: Absolutely he makes great fights every single time out. Him and Jared Hurd would have been a good fight. I know, I know
1: that would have been, that would have been that would have been a slugfest for sure. You're right, man. But listen, enjoy the fights, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: All right, everybody, enjoy your day.
1: That's uh, Dax Khan. Check out his column. And uh, now uh, we know that he will be uh, covering uh, the fights down in New York next week. So uh, uh, anyway, hey, like I mentioned, uh, I'm always talking about uh, my addiction. No, not to anything illegal. Huh? I'm talking about to, to Gourmet Spices, uh, Kenny Bears, uh, Barbecue Rub. Well, now he's got uh, a couple of new uh, products out. And uh, uh, the Cajun, I, I just, you know, he was telling me, he was teasing me that uh, that he was going to be getting them and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, and then finally I, I got a sample. And, I, you know, I, I'm addicted to this stuff. You know, the, the Cajun, his seasoned salt is, is uh, top notch. And, of course, the uh, barbecue rub. Uh, is the best so uh visit the website www.southerngourmetspice.com and uh, get yourself a bottle make sure you tell them billy c sent you uh because uh it'll make a difference i don't know maybe maybe you'll save some money i don't know i don't know but uh just tell them billy c sent you joining me right now uh is uh my main man uh alex papali good morning alex happy new year
3: Good morning, Billy C. How are you? Happy New Year.
1: I'm doing well. We're in our 16th year, and uh, this is our first show of 2020. 2020. You know, I was talking to somebody about that the other day. I don't know about you. I know uh, I'm I'm significantly older than you, but 2020. I mean, you know, I'm still thinking like we're in the 80s, kind of. You know, we're 20 years into the new millennium. 20 years, you know. uh, it's kinda of scary if if you ask me.
3: I thought we were gonna have flying cars by now.
1: When listen, when we when we were younger, the year two thousand was supposed to be like the Jetsons. Yeah. You know? I mean, you know, I you know, uh uh we don't where's,
3: where's my robot housekeeper? I,
1: I, it's I, about a ro- Roomba. Yeah, <laughs> you'll take you'll take any housekeeper at this point. Come <laughs> <Right>. on. <laughs> but uh anyway, we're talking about some uh uh, issues here a couple of fights that uh, will be taking place and one I wanted to get your thoughts on I, I know it's early but it's a significant fight uh, of the first quarter of of 2020 and of course it's the heavyweight rematch between Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury um, it is official we we knew it was but they finally have a locale now it's going to be at your favorite place in Las Vegas MGM Grand Um, and, um, it's going to be at the, the Garden Arena, which, uh, uh, was where, uh, Canelo's last fight was. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I feel the same way about this fight that I have been since I knew it was going to take place. I, I, I know what I would like to see from Tyson Fury, and I think it's a better chance for him to win the fight, um. I I know that he feels confident that he can knock out uh, Tyson Fury, and I I know that he can. But if he comes after Tyson Fury with more of a fury, if you will, uh, and go for that knockout quicker, I think that's exactly what Tyson Fury is preparing for. And I think that that's his strength. I, I think that when fighters, and we saw it in Fury's last fight, when fighters make Tyson come to them, he kind of loses. That's his That's his kryptonite, in, in putting it in a term that you would love. You know, that's his kryptonite. And I, I think Deontay Wilder needs to fight a little smarter in the rematch rather than go in for that seek-and-destroy attitude. I know you've been pretty set on pick and fury in the rematch, but what's your thoughts on, on my comments?
3: I think that's a good point. I mean, I think that, um, yeah... Uh, that's what I think you're right in that um, Fury has that ability to really get inside um, Deontay Wilder's head. And if Wilder lets him do that, that's a problem. And I think, um, like you said, uh, if Wilder is patient um, and lets Fury come forward, I'm not sure Fury's going to be willing to um, because that could make for a very dull fight for a while but um uh you're right i mean i think that uh everybody presses fury um and e- i mean even if you go back to the klitschko fight um that was one of the reasons why that fight was so unbearable to watch was you had Klits- klitschko was the one who was supposed to press and klitschko made a career of being sort of hesitant um so i do think that um I know, I know that probably just social media just lit up with lots of Klitschko fans. Like, what did he just say? Well, let, um, let me tell you, they light up with other things you say, but anyway,
1: go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's another, that's another website, but, uh, go ahead. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I
3: do think that, uh, I mean, I think that's the, the thing that's been great about Tyson Fury is that he's a better fighter now than he was when he beat Vladimir Klitschko. Um, this is going to be interesting to see him with the new trainer, but I don't I don't think that it's going to be too much of a problem for him. Uh, to me, that's a big change to make before such an important fight. I agree, I agree. Uh, but um, you know, I don't know. I I, uh, I still feel pretty confident that it's Fury, um, it's Fury's fight to lose. I do think Wilder has improved. Um, what we saw against Ortiz. Um, he did look more patient, more cautious. I thought his chin, uh, his ability to take a punch seemed a little better, but again, you know, it was hard to, to judge cause he lost pretty much every single round before he landed that big shot. So, um, I don't know. I, I do think that, um, at, like the first time, uh, Fury has to, you know, not get hit, but, um, I, I like Fury to beat him, um, I, I think, and I think when you think about it, for me, parts of why I like Fury to win are things, yes, Fury got dropped, but look what happened when he got up. Um, Wilder came in to try to close the show and he backed off, because Fury caught him. Um, so that's the thing about it, is I do think that um, that Fury is, is much more skilled and just a a clever, uh, discombobulating guy to fight. And I think that kind of stuff uh, is gonna, you know, that's more important than power, I think, because power, yeah, if you get it to the target, it's great. But um, even, you know, if moment to moment, Fury has more tools to win those moments in between.
1: You know, do you think that they've they've already announced that there's a, there's two more fights signed, uh, so they are going to have a third fight. Um, uh, Fat Apples brought that up uh, in the chat room, and and I heard the same thing. So, um, what I, I know, yeah, I, I know that it's a it's a done deal. And really? so do Yeah. Do you th- Well, it makes sense. Think about it. The first fight's a draw, so regardless of who wins, they could cry for a rematch. You know, the the loser. You know, uh, if if the first if somebody won the first fight, then if that same guy wins the second, why do you need to see a third? You know, so they kind of set up a a trilogy here. Um, But but I I also have gotten to the point where it seems that Tyson Fury is in a win win situation here. I I think that um, you know he's he's gotten uh, to a point. Not that he wasn't uh, a household name prior to, but he certainly has elevated his status uh, as a sports superstar, you know, with his involvement with, with wrestling and and all of this and, and the fact that he's such a, a funny guy, really. You know, you give him a microphone and, you know, he's he's got, you know, he's such a snazzy dresser, <laughs> you know. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I just think, like, he's clearly – The anti-Wilder. Wilder Wilder has been, you know, one of the things I admire about Deontay is that he's loyal. Um, You know, his team has screwed him. His team has prevented him from making, you know, uh, probably at least $50 million more than he's got. Uh, And as a result of it, we, we meet this version of Wilder that seems to rub most people the wrong way. Um, you know, he wants to kill somebody in the ring and you know all of this kind of stuff. I mean, he pushes the envelope, but that's his only way of of promoting himself because he has no promotion really behind him. Um, but with that said, you, you make an interesting point. You know, he he has a tendency to lose all these rounds because of his lack of boxing ability. And then the equalizers, that right hand, which has come home and helped him in every one of his fights what's going to happen when it doesn't work anymore what's plan b he's abandoned all of the technical attributes that i'm sure mark breland has tried to instill on him in training camp and like i said to sal earlier you know when fighters are in trouble they revert back to what they know best tyson fury was in serious trouble in that fight and he reverts to what he knows best survived the round he even lands the counterpunch that you that you bring that you mentioned in, in that that final round. I mean, I, you know, all those things Tyson Fury has, Deontay doesn't.
3: Yeah, I mean that's why I, I do think that you know I, I like um, I like Fury's chances, um, but I think that you know that's what makes it intriguing is that all of that goes right out the window if you get hit with those massive bombs of Deontay Wilders. Um, you know, I think that's the thing that, that is gonna, that makes this such a big money fight that makes it an interesting fight. Like you said, people love to see knockouts and heavyweight knockouts are like nothing else. Um, I watched a clip of the, uh, what was it? A real grizzly knockout from this year. Um, Derek Chisora knocking out Artur uh, Spilka, oof, God, that was a scary knockout. Uh, But that's the thing. Heavyweight knockouts are like nothing else. They are, um, you know, one of the spectacles of the modern world. So these guys absolutely, um, that potential is there every time Wilder steps into the ring. So he's going to command big purses forever because of that and now because you have a guy that um we've seen take his best shot and get up um that's what makes this fight so much more intriguing um this is i guess it is going to be even though it is on espn plus i guess it is going to be pay-per-view um so that must mean a theater night uh alex likes those theater nights um so uh this is going to be cool and you're right it's uh at the MGM, I can only imagine the uh, the um, pageantry for that. You know, uh, Mike Tyson is going to be there, probably fresh from Planet 13. Um, that's going to be a big thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, if he is, he'll be he'll be the mellow or new Mike Tyson, but uh, he, he'll, um, he'll be smiling. Yeah, he'll be smiling. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how they're working that out. I, I I is it do you know that for a fact so it'll be on ESPN plus and it will be on a pay-per-view is that how it's that, working
3: I don't know because uh what the when I saw you know who's carrying it it said ESPN plus Fox pay-per-view well Fox pay-per-view usually that like Errol Spence Sean Porter was Fox pay-per-view that was in the theater um so I don't know uh, I'm curious
1: Yeah huh well uh We'll see. I guess that'll that'll be good. The one thing I like with the zone, zone over ESPN Plus, is the zone. You can meet. Imi- you subscribe to the <laughs> zone now. I feel like a promo for them, and you know, you you don't, you don't want to stay up till you know three in the morning to watch a fight. It's available the next morning for you. Right. You're a subscriber. It's there. ESPN Plus, it's not. Um, you know, they'll they'll do a replay at some point. But it's not there. So it's like you got to stay up and watch it. And plus, ESPN Plus, let me tell you something. I, uh, I you know, I, I, I redid a place in my house and I, I got a big screen TV. And, you know, it was a smart TV, which, you know, every TV now you buy is a smart TV. And apparently the brand TV I got doesn't have ESPN app, right? So oh, I had a, So I had a, you know, and I already subscribed to it. You know, so I had to get something else. I ended up uh, getting one of those sticks and, uh, you know, set it all up just so I could watch it on the TV. So ESPN uh, Plus isn't as easy to get as you would as the Zone is. The Zone you, you can get anywhere, you know, uh, which I thought was kind of stupid, especially from ESPN, you know. But uh, anyway, Canelo vacates his WBO light uh, heavyweight title. I thought he looked extremely strong at light heavyweight. I thought he put on a great performance against Klitschko. I mean, uh, against Kovalev. And uh, Dax was saying, you know, that he thought that he wore him down. But that was the beauty of that fight. I thought. I, I thought that Canelo was patient and wore down Kovalev, and then unleashed uh, the pop that I do believe that he, you know, has at light heavyweight, which he didn't seem to have at middleweight. I'm surprised that he vacated that title. It looks like he's going to go to super middleweight or even back down to middleweight. What's your thoughts on on that, Alex? You you saw the fight. You were there. You you saw uh, him at at light heavyweight. He he looked strong.
3: He did look strong, but I think um, I think his team was is aware that they that that was sort of a strike mission. Let's go to 175. Let's get a title. Let's get out of there um, because. Uh, I I don't think, you know, he doesn't have that legitimate um, light heavyweight uh, size. Even though he does have it in terms of bulk, he doesn't have the length and the height of those guys. And we saw, I mean, uh, Kovalev um, was able to jab the hell out of him. Uh, I can only imagine what a younger, uh, less spent guy like a Bivol could do. Um, so I'm not too surprised that he um, vacated it. I, I would have. I thought it would have been interesting to see him try and, uh, his his skills at Bivol, but no. I, I think it's very. It's more likely that he'll go back to 168 and fight like a Callum Smith, and I think that's a really good fight. If that's uh, the Cinco de Mayo offering, I think that's a pretty good, pretty good matchup um, because. You know I don't know I mean the Golovkin thing I think that, that that's past I, I don't see that happening anymore and maybe it's Sergei um because you know that that did that because um I don't know uh, I, I think that Jermal Charlo versus Gennady Golovkin would be a good fight uh, like you guys were talking about earlier that would at least prove a lot of things about uh, what we what what we can expect from Jamal Charlo is how, how does he do against Golovkin?
1: How does he do against anybody that's good? Hey, I want to I want to thank uh, my man Max. He gave us a super chat, and uh, he's in the chat room right now. We appreciate that. We'll be able to keep the lights on now uh, for another uh, hour or two. But uh, he said that he feels Tyson Fury may stop the big doser, doser. I don't know. How is that? Was that pronounced dozer or doser? You know what – think- uh,
3: I think it's Dosser.
1: Dosser, okay, okay.
3: Like, but, like boss, but Doss.
1: Yeah, like Dosser. Um, yeah, and that's uh, Tyson Fury. You know, thanks, Max, for for that. But uh, um, you oh, know, hey, I, I I wonder Billy if he C- could stop him
3: though. Hey, Billy C, you know one thing. This is a, a little side note, but it, it is interesting. I think I think I might have gotten to uh, the bottom of where the whole Andre Ward. Dre Ward came from. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> watching the Patriots game with some friends last night, and noticed Joe Tessitore kept calling uh, Booger McFarlane Boog.
1: <laughs> really?
3: <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think he might have been the one who t- changed it from Andre to Dre.
1: Well, the first, you know, that could make sense because the first time he he referred to him as Dre. There was silence, like, you know, like, like, like there was like, where, where's this Dre guy? You know, and then and then all of a sudden, you know, every other word was Dre, this, Dre, like, like just pointing out, hey, Andre, from now on, you're Dre. I,
3: I imagine I imagine it was very similar the first time he called him Boog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, hey, listen, that outcome couldn't have been any better for me. Uh, I absolutely despise the Patriots and I, I can't wish anything but ill will on them. Uh, and that's only coming from a very disgruntled jet fan. so uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, um, you know, just to just to uh, reiterate on Max's point is, is something that that you've kind of said, you know, I, I, my one knock, and I've been a Tyson Fury fan. Uh, since I was turned on to him in the second pro fight, I, I've watched every single one of his fights, whether they were available or not, I would watch the replays on YouTube. But that's the one thing about Tyson Fury. If he had a little more punching power, yeah. I, I mean, Alex, if the guy had more punching power, he'd be unbeatable, really. I mean, um, you know, he doesn't even have to possess the Deontay Wilder punching power. But if he had a little more, you know, I, I just can't help but remember in Steve USS Cunningham getting him in trouble with uppercuts uh, that night. Uh, and... You know, obviously Deontay Wilder doesn't surprise me that that he hurt him, but if Tyson Fury did have some more pop, um, I don't think we're 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 even talking uh, about this fight. I, I think it would have ended in the, the first one.
3: Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure he was wishing for a little more pop uh, himself against uh, Otto Valine to get that fight over quicker. Um, Yeah, uh, I think but all these guys, you know, you you go to war with the guy you have, you know, so um, I I think that uh, I think it is possible that Fury could stop Wilder, you know, just in in the sense that any heavyweight could stop any other heavyweight. Um, A guy like Fury especially is going to would stop him maybe from tiring him out and frustrating him. We did see Wilder get arm weary. Uh, from missing a couple of times in the first fight. Um and, and those were usually in the rounds where he had him hurt. Um so or or had him down and then when he got up uh Tyson was able to uh tag him back and then make him miss. Uh so I don't know. I mean maybe that kind of a stoppage is not out of the question. No uh, refresh refresh of the exhaustion stoppage. Refresh
1: my memory. Did did Deontay Wilder come into that fight lighter than he normally does? <clears throat> or or was, was he heavier? I, I'm just curious because he is muscle-bound, and that could explain why he, he does run out of gas. You know, the, that muscle mass uh, burns up oxygen, um, and Tyson Fury clearly doesn't possess much of that. But um, uh, I, I can't recall if he came in to... You know, because a couple of fights he comes in lighter for movement, and he has come in heavier for other fights. I, I can't recall.
3: He was he was, uh, was two twelve and a half versus Tyson Fury, and he was two nineteen and a half against Luis Ortiz. So he was yeah he was like seven pounds lighter.
1: Um, uh, than his last fight I, against- I wonder. I wonder if he feels that he's he's better uh, against a bigger guy lighter. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's always amazed me, and I do not that I'm huge. I'm not a, a Wilder fan at all, but um, I, I do admire his punching ability, uh, and he certainly has some outrageous power for really a small heavyweight. I mean, I know he's he's height wise, but his body build is more of a, an NBA player uh, than it is a fighter. You know, so I I do give him credit, but like I said earlier um these guys uh, any fighter any athlete really go goes into what comes naturally and automatically and for Deontay Wilder that's I'm going to go knock this guy out and I think that fights into Tyson Fury's game plan the question is going to boil down to can Tyson keep him off him uh, and that's going to dictate the fight or not
3: yeah definitely yeah it looks like that that um the first fight with Fury um that was uh, the third lightest he ever was in his career. His first pro fight, he was only two two oh seven. 207. His second, he was 213, and then he wasn't down to 212 again until the Fury fight. Um, so yeah, so that shows you just he, he took it very seriously and was in you know great shape. Um, his biggest fight uh, or the most he weighed it looks like was against Eric Molina, 229. So you're right. I mean. He's got that sort of spindly form, whereas um, um, Joshua is more bulky. Um, of the uh, of those of the three uh, heavyweight champs, well, Joshua
1: came in lighter for his rematch with John Ruiz. I mean, with uh, Andy Ruiz, and um, you know he looked uh, he looked good, uh, but then again, Andy Ruiz didn't. Uh, yeah, but. Um, you know, uh, you know, that that whole thing... Listen, that whole fight, that potential fight, I mean, you know, as much as I'm an AJ fan, I, I lean towards Deontay Wilder because of the punching power. I certainly don't, and no disrespect to Andy Ruiz, you know, they made him out to be this power puncher when he really wasn't. He's a busy fighter, and he happened to have knocked out Anthony Joshua. Um, but I, I believe that... Uh, Deontay Wilder possesses uh, punching power that would totally destroy Anthony Joshua if he could get in. You know, then Tyson Fury shows that a skilled boxer with defensive ability uh, can control Deontay, but AJ doesn't have the defensive prowess that, that uh, Tyson Fury has, you know. So uh, all those fights are interesting. They're all yeah. extremely
3: interesting. The division
1: is interesting, you know.
3: Definitely, definitely.
1: So, um,
3: well, and the other thing, I mean, to me, I, I'm very excited that both that fight is already set. And also, um, uh, the Tiofimo Lopez versus Vasily Lomachenko fight that's supposedly set for April. Um, uh, I'm very excited for both those fights. I don't think there's a site yet for the Lopez fight, uh, Lopez Lomachenko, but it's very possible that'll be en- end up right in New York city. Cause, um. You know, Lopez has a big audience there. Um, so, I don't know. Those uh, 2020 starting off grand if we got uh, those two fights already.
1: Well, don't forget that there's there's talk of uh, Shannon Briggs fighting uh, Vladimir Klitschko, too. Uh, <laughs> Br- Br- Briggs said, all I want for Christmas are Vlad's two front teeth. You know, I mean, this guy is... Uh, uh, but he's still trying. To, you know, Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. I mean, you know, I I got to give him credit. He's 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 made some money on this, and um, you know, if Klitschko wants to come back, you know, he's 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 scared us with uh, some talk about you know making a comeback. Uh, that certainly would be a money fight for him because I think. Uh, people would actually pay to see Klitschko uh, beat the snot out of uh, Shannon Briggs, you know, but uh, can can you believe it's still even in the news? You know? uh, No, I can't. Yeah, yeah, so anyway, (laughs) Alex, I appreciate you uh, taking some time with us today, and I know uh, we'll be getting your thoughts next week. we got a couple of good fights uh, that we will be uh, talking about next week, post-fight, so, uh, I look forward to that and uh one last thing, you know, be ca- be careful on the internet. Uh you know, people uh uh just don't just don't tell them where you live, all right? Just well, uh just, you know, okay. <laughs> keep oh, that hey, quiet.
3: One thing I did want to mention is I I think just like the good guy award of the year. You're giving um, it to me?
1: You're giving it to me?
3: <laughs> well,
1: no. One,
3: <laughs> one to you and then one to Danny Jacobs. If you saw at the end of the, his win over Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., when little uh, Chavez Jr. was whining and complaining right in his face, saying, You know, you headbutted me a lot. Um, and Daniel Jacobs, class act that he is and good guy that he is, said, I'm sorry. <laughs> when he, he could have said, Screw you. Listen. Daniel
1: Jacobs was hit it on the head. Chavez looked good in that fight till he quit. I'll never forget the camera being on Papa Chavez, shaking his head, putting his head in his hands. I mean, he was devastated with that. And, you know, Danny Jacobs was right. You know, because the fans were so upset with Chavez Jr., they took from him to bask in the glory of that victory that night and i think that he has uh ro- risen to the top I, I he's in the pound for pound discussion in my opinion at this point he's done nothing but get better and better um and I, you know i wish him well he finally shed himself of of uh, andre rosier in his corner and uh he is a class act and and he's he's what boxing needs alex it's a good point you know he's uh Class act, and he can back it up too.
3: Absolutely, just a great man.
1: You're right. You're right. Thanks for reminding me of that. That's uh, that was good stuff. But uh, anyway, you have a good week. We'll be talking to you next week, brother.
3: All right, Billy C. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to you. That's from my man, Alex Papali, uh, giving us his thoughts uh, on uh, a bunch of stuff which uh, uh, we value here uh, for sure. So, um, but uh, in any event. Um, we, uh, you know, I, I keep talking about the, um, um, uh, well, I keep talking about this, uh, my, uh, addiction. Yes. Uh, even I, um, have been known to, uh, have a weakness and my weakness is, uh, uh, comes from Southern Gourmet Spice. Uh, so you could check that out. Southern Uh, get yourself a, uh, Uh, A bottle of Kenny Bear's. Uh, The barbecue rub uh, is great, Uh, but he's got two new products out right now. Uh, One is the um, Cajun uh, uh, seasoning, and the other is the. uh, uh, I guess it's a it's a a, a seasoned salt seasoning. Uh, Either way, uh, they're uh, they're really good, and you should. uh, Uh, check it out uh, for sure, because um, I I got my sample, and it was great, so hopefully um, you guys will uh, uh, get yourself uh, a sample uh, as well, Uh, but uh, in any event, um, oh, and you can get yourself a sample by visiting uh, uh, southerngourmetspice.com. Joining us right now, I believe, uh i think uh we have uh uh um i guess i guess i, I keep uh losing uh emily i'm, I'm trying to get uh emily uh, uh on the phone here uh the best uh boxing photographer uh on uh, uh on the planet and uh i believe uh we have her right now uh good morning emily
4: Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah.
1: What do you keep hanging up on me? Come on, man. I, 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 th- I
4: am. I am on this planet. I'm just making sure. <laughs>
1: oh, I, I'm like I thought. I thought you know we were tied in that. You know, I, like I called you twice and you you hanging up on me. But uh, uh, happy new year and all that stuff. And uh, we are happy new
4: year to you and everybody out
1: there. We are entering our sixteenth year, which is man, did time fly? So uh, we're excited about that. Um, but let's get some uh, thoughts from you first and foremost. Um, I, you know, I, I talked about some fights that took place uh, towards the end of the year, and the one that sticks out in my head is uh, the Davis Gamboa fight. And the reason why is I, I've always been a big fan of Yorycus Gamboa. Um, I, I love the guy, but I, I think we clearly saw him uh, in that old fighter state against Davis. Um, he was in position to throw punches. Uh, he knew, his mind knew when to throw a punch. His body just wasn't reacting. I, I'm okay with it. I, I was expecting it. But what I wasn't expecting was Davis. I, I thought Davis should have taken care of business. I, I, after this fight, Emily, I'm saying to myself, there's no way that Tank Davis can be in the same ring with Lomachenko. What's your thoughts?
4: Yeah, no, I was thinking the same thing. Like Those first few rounds, I thought, wow, everything you've done up to this point really hasn't prepared you in the way that, you know, people talk about or you talk about as a fighter when you say I'm this and I'm that, like, if you're going to fight at a level, and again, Gamboa, Gembe- like you said, was at a he's at a point where, you know, we're okay with you hanging them up, but he's got a skill and he's got ring experience that really showed a lot of us what Tank actually is made out of, you know, and I think we saw um, somebody that, Really has to go back to the drawing board and look at what he's done, what he did in that fight. And if he is going to fight Lomonchenko, he needs to have a, a different game plan. He needs to have a different training regime. Um, and he needs to take this seriously. You know, you're at a level where people are expecting you to be as big as your bark. And if you're going to be as barky as Floyd Mayweather, then you need to be as savvy as Floyd Mayweather, and you're not doing that. Now, he's a young fighter um, who's been moved along pretty quickly, and so I think the expectations from people are a lot higher, and again, your mouth has a lot to do with that, but he needed this. I think a lot of people needed to see something like this so that people could maybe be humbled a little bit, but I don't think it really humbled him that much, you know. I, I think if he really ends up in there with Alon Manchenko on his next go-around, he's not going to be able to get up to be humbled.
1: You know, the the thing is, is he he possesses hand speed, and when he when he went after uh, uh, Gamboa, you know, he clearly I, I thought he was just going to put the pedal down and and finish the fight, but then he would back off.
4: Back off um, yeah.
1: uh, you know, and and, and Gamboa just just doesn't have the hand speed anymore if he had half of the hand speed I I think he really connects he was counter punching and landing on on Davis Um, I I just was surprised I I mean I know that Gamboa was a name they wanted on his resume but a knockout win well although they gave him the knockout win um, you know an earlier knockout win I thought would have been better I, I just can't see him staying in there with with a Lomachenko I I just I just don't you know
4: yeah I I don't either and I often wonder too like I hear fighters say well I never go back and watch my fights and I just wonder why like well why wouldn't you go back and watch your fight and figure out like what didn't work for you even if you're not going to fight that guy again other people are going to go back and study your fights and figure out like okay, this is how this person moves when, you know, this happened and what have you. And I I hate to bring up his name and I know, you know, what have you, his career probably ended in New England last night, but Tom Brady, you know, showed people that he really does go back and watch people. And I thought that was pretty amazing when I watched a documentary on him, how much he really studied individual players. And I just, I, I thought how many fighters actually do that? Not just coaches, not just trainers, but fighters go back and either watch themselves or other fighters to really go, okay, tick, 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 this is what they do. Tick, tick, tock, that's what they don't do. I think it's really important for fighters to take their careers into their own hands and do stuff like that. Whether you won or lost, I think it's a learning experience.
1: You're, you're 100% right. And, and any fighter that says they don't do that, are either ignorant or they're lying. Because with today's technology, why wouldn't you do it? Right. Why why wouldn't a trainer want to go and, and break down their fighter's last performance to just see what they could have done better? All it's yep. doing is it's trying to to make you a better fighter. And then, of course, you're going to uh, evaluate your opponent, especially in, in this sport where you, you have so much time generally – that's what I love about those tournaments where you don't know who you're fighting. I think that adds a whole other element to to the fight where, where you can't prepare for a specific kind of fighter or bring in those uh, sparring partners to emulate that style. I mean, that's that's huge. You, you make a great point. There's, there's no question about that. Um, I, I wanted to ask you uh, about uh, the Jacobs fight. We were talking about uh, Chavez uh, Jr. quitting again. Um, uh, you know, I, I, it's gotta be over for him. Um, yeah. and, and, and I thought that Daniel Jacobs fought great. He took on a new trainer. I, I was never a big fan of Andre Rozier. I thought that he made a great move and in, in get rid of him. Um, he seems better. He seems, and, and I'm not saying it, it's because of one trainer in one fight, but Daniel Jacobs seems to have taken that step up. And, and I think he's in the pound for pound discussion right now, Emily. And i I can't wait to see him fight again. I mean, that's what he showed me in that Chavez Jr. fight.
4: Yeah, you know, regardless of all the drama with weight and Chavez just not being, you know, what what people, I think, hoped we were still going to get out of him, um, he really, he's a class act, Jacobs. You know, he came in there, he fought, he fought hard, he fought to his best ability, um, regardless of what was in front of him. And I think you're right. I think that, that the trainer switch did make a difference, and I think sometimes that's what's needed. I don't think it's any disrespect to the person who's brought you to the uh, position that you're at. I think it's sometimes you need that change. You know, it's like a, a good English teacher. You can't always have the same English teacher for four years of whatever you're going through because they're not going to always pick up on things that another teacher that doesn't know your work um, is going to see. And that's what I, you know, I think is is great about this sport is that fighters can kind of you know they can maneuver themselves when there's you know that that area of gray like okay i know i need to make a move and things aren't working for me you know it's not like being on a team where you got to wait for four years for a trade and and maybe you're stale by then um this was a great move for him and i think it's only going to benefit him
1: speaking of uh julio caesar how about julio (laughs) caesar martinez uh, he was on the undercard. He picked up the uh, WBC Flyweight title in a, a fantastic fight against uh, Christopher mm-hmm. uh, Rosales. I love this kid. I, this, you know, I, not that I I, I like I, I do. I got to admit, I like these kinds of fighters that just take a fight to their opponent and mm-hmm. force their opponent to to take the fight back to them. It's exciting. I know it, it 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 you know puts fighters more in danger, but hey, that's what the nature of this sport is. What's your thoughts of this guy? He got the title ripped from his uh, uh, hands previously because he, he, you know, in an emotional uh, – he hit the guy while he was down. There's no question about it. He gets another shot, makes the best of it. Um, this is a guy that I, I just can't wait to see again. And, you know, when you get fighters like this in this weight class, you know, you you, you got to see – you want to see more, you know. And, yeah, yeah. You know, for a small weight class that really doesn't get the popular, you know, the uh, publicity it should, um, Julio Cesar Martinez could definitely help.
4: Yeah, you know, I mean, the personality alone with this kid, you know, can, can really um, be bang for him. And that's important as a fighter as well. And in a weight class like that, where you do need somebody who's kind of a voice and a face and what have you, um, they got it. I think I just read that he's coming back in the next couple weeks, too. Like, he's already making another return right after this this fight, maybe the beginning of February. But, um, I mean, this is a kid who wants to fight. This is what he does. He knows this is his his business. This is his job. This is his profession. And, um, you know, I think that the last situation was a good wake-up call for him to realize that this window of opportunity can clothes on you just purely based on choices that you make site make outside of you know the fight and what have you but um I think this kid has got a bright future for him and I think if he keeps fighting the way that he does um you know he's he's going to be on top of the world for a bit uh, I, I agree that fighting in this style can be dangerous to a fighter but that that's how he fights you know I wouldn't want him to fight in any other fashion because it would be boring at that weight class at that level. You want to see two guys sit in front of each other and go after each other and bang, because that's, that's what you do. That's what you trained for, you know?
1: Yeah. Is, uh, no, no question about that. And, and maybe he does realize that his style equals short career, but you never know. Um, Canelo vacated his, uh, light heavyweight title. Um, I was kind of hoping he was going to campaign in that division. I thought he looked strong, uh, against, uh, Kovalev, um, you know, Team Kovalev. I I got to speak with Kathy Duva and, and, um, you know, his trainer, who I love, uh, Buddy McGirt. um, And they were very confident going into that fight. And I thought that uh, Canelo broke him down and, and then knocked him out, something that he seemingly lost at middleweight. Where do you think he's going to go from now? It, 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 by vacating that title, it, it, to me at least, it's an indication he's not going to campaign at light heavyweight. Um, is he going to go back to middleweight in your opinion, or do you think he's going to try to uh, you know, hang around super middleweight? What do you think?
4: I saw a great photoshopped photo of him as a heavyweight the other day. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> um, he, and he can make a better sumo wrestler as a heavyweight based on the photo. But... Um, I, I think he's got more of an opportunity at middleweight. And if he can make it to the weight again and he can, you know, be good about it and consistent, then, um, you know, I think that's more where his 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 money is and maybe the fights are. Um, what I, fight? I was, like, what fight? I though? don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. I mean, I, I think you got other guys that are coming up that maybe he, he feels um, would be, you know, good for him. But, I, I mean – I don't know. I, I don't know why you wouldn't stay at light heavyweight. I don't know why you tr- wouldn't try to pull some of these other guys that, you know, you fought at other weights try to pull them up there and see how they fare at that weight. Because I, I don't think, um, I, I mean, what do you do? You know, you, you either go up to cruiserweight and there's nothing there. Um, or you go down and can you still make the weight as you get older? What happens there? You know, I, I don't know.
1: I mean, the, ch- the ch- you know, the Charlo, is a guy at middleweight, uh, because of his mouth and, and because mm. of the PBC, maybe and, that's a money fight, but the guy just and, doesn't have the quality. He's he wouldn't no. stand a chance against Canelo. And you no, know, and, and I
4: think there's other people that are in line before that, that deserve a shot before that. You know, I, I look at the Demetrius Andres, I look I mean, even if you go back to Jacobs or you go back to Triple G, um, you know, I think that there are other people that make a more valuable case and a valuable fight there him than somebody like charlo mouth wise i mean it, all he's gonna do is just shut his mouth and that's it
1: <laughs> i know I, I i can't wait to see it but uh and, and finally we're gonna be talking about this a lot over the next uh, seven weeks but uh it is official deontay wilder against tyson fury will be fighting february 22nd at the mgm in las vegas um i, I you know i'm having a hard time Flip flopping uh, my my <laughs> thoughts on this fight, I, I feel the same way as I as I always have on on this rematch. Um, I, I just believe that you know Deontay Wilder. I I I just think he's going to go in for the kill quicker, and I think okay. that's exactly what Tyson Fury wants him to do, and will be prepared. And should Deontay Wilder do that, I, I think it'll be Tyson Fury's fight. I, I personally think that Deontay Wilder should take advantage of the fact that Tyson Fury, the only times that he doesn't dominate a fight is when he has to be the aggressor with his opponent. And I think if Deontay could display some boxing skill other than seek and destroy, it mm-hmm. may be beneficial to him. What's your thoughts?
4: Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of always been his way to seek and destroy. And, you know, to, to see him have to box a little bit, um, I, I think that's something he needs to train for, Deontay, that is, because you're going to have a Fury that is going to expect you to come in the way you have with everybody else and throw bombs, you know. I mean, it's not like he hasn't been in there with you before. Um, but I, I think for this fight, for both guys, you have to have a game plan of A, B, C, and D, because you, and maybe even E, because you just don't really know what kind of tactics the individual is going to come in with even though you've seen them in the ring in front of you themselves before, uh, I I just think this fight has the potential to go in a variety of directions. Um, There's no clear, like, okay, yep, Deontay's going to take this, no problem. Of course, there are fans out there that are completely on that bus and are never going to get off that bus. But we know just based on what we've seen from him, and if you go back to his older uh, first few fights, you can see that, you know, the the way to box for him is is not there. And if Tyson can take advantage of that, then, you know, he's in a great position. On the other hand, if if Tyson gets tired out because Fury realizes, well, I'm going to make you pressure me this entire fight, then Tyson Fury could be in some trouble. But I I think we have a a smarter fighter with Tyson Fury um, than maybe the first go-around, and even a couple years ago, I think we have a, a man who's more mentally focused on what's in front of him versus the the rah rawness that you sometimes get from Deontay um so I I think in in my opinion Fury holds the upper hand just based on mental focus
1: you're right and I agree with you uh I, I do believe he displays um much more smarts um inside the ring than than Deontay does Deontay seek and destroy and it, you know what's kind of mind-boggling there and is that Mark Breland's his trainer? And Mark Breeland is is such a smart guy. I know what what a what a, what a you know a, a, a talented <laughs> trainer. I, I just I I have to believe that they go through these scenarios in training, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Deontay just reverts back to what he knows. Although he seems very you know, their corners always seem calm. You know, anytime I've I've seen you know inside the corner, you know, with the camera shots and and the mics and stuff. Um, you know Breland and Wilder seem to have a great uh, rapport against with each other, and yeah. it seems that everything is going according to plan. And it just boggles my mind because I know what a tactician Mark Breeland is and was as a fighter as well.
4: Yeah, and maybe you have that conversation prior to with your with your trainer and your and your um, and your fighter that you know I know how you are. I know this is how it's going to go. I know you're not going to listen to me in the corner. So we're just going to go out there. And, and if you're in trouble, I'll let you know you're in trouble. And we're all just going to stay calm. I mean, I just think of, like, what would a chaotic corner look like? And we've seen that, you know. So I think Mark Breland is, is a, a, a smarter man than... To know, to, to be like, why are not you listening to me? What's going on with you? Um, you know, to, to create that, that chaos and unrest in the corner, you know, so maybe there's some unspoken or, you know, previously spoken like, okay, this is what we're going in here to do. And this is your role. And that's my role. And that's that. Um, and here's your check in the end, you know, I, I mean, who knows how that whole thing goes down, but you're right. Um, because that corner is always calm, even when the pressure is on. I think that's a good corner right there when, you're, when your corner is calm and the pressure's on.
1: You're right. You know, the most, if anybody ever wants to really see what a chaotic corner looks like, Andre Bird. Andre, he, his corners were chaotic. You know, I mean, people are yelling and screaming, you know. But uh, anyway, Emily, I appreciate you uh, stopping by and uh, we'll certainly look forward to you uh, next week. Are you covering those fights down the city?
4: Next week? I think I, I am I am.
1: All right, so we will uh, hopefully you'll be uh, alive and well early in the morning on Sunday.
4: Sounds good, guys.
1: All right, Emily, take care.
4: Have a good week.
1: That's boxing's best photographer, uh, Emily Harney. But uh, hey, listen, I got an email to read. This is from uh, my man, Coach. He says, uh, "Hey, Billy C, Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Coach." Uh, he says, "I find I hope this finds you." Uh, with your year 2020 off to a great start after talking with my son i had to change my knockout pick of the year and he picked initially the same one that alex was talking about earlier chisora spitzka uh, to sam maxwell stopping an unbeaten sabrini sadiri making it my favorite knockout of 2019 he says even strange for myself not making the brutality of the KO, the most important factor, and the comeback dynamic taking charge in this case, the Liverpool super lightweight Maxwell, who was down in rounds one and two, being taunted throughout the fight by Sidiri. Maxwell rallies to put Sidiri down and out in the final round to capture uh, the uh, vacant WBO European version of the title. Um... He says, uh, to steal uh, from my man and one of your premier writers for, for BillyCBoxing.com, Johnston Brown, uh, he wants to know a penny for y- your thoughts. Well, I watched it after. I, I, I got to admit, I did not even um, know of this uh, fight. I did watch it, um, and if you haven't, you can do the search. Uh, Sam Maxwell, uh, Sabriri, uh, Sidiri uh, is the opponent. And I certainly see what uh, Coach was saying. You know, I, I also have to admit that this year, I, I really didn't focus on knockouts of the year and everything. I, I Overall, for, for 2019, I, I thought we had a really good year of boxing. Um, you know, we'll never get it perfect, but it's certainly heading in the right direction. I think the solidifying um, streaming services like the Zone and ESPN Plus uh, really help the sport. I I, I am fully supportive of the Zone, and I hope that they continue to control the sport uh, the way they seem to be. And I like the willingness of the the top promoters uh, putting their fighters in with their competition, so to speak. Golden Boy, uh, you know Eddie Hearn. Uh, Bob Arum and top rank All crossing over And, and you know, making the fights we want to see uh, The way it used to be um, The only one left uh, That's still trying to, to you know, Beat to their own drum Or you know, roll to their own drum However you want to say it Is the PBC With the exception of Andy Ruiz Fighting Anthony Joshua um, If anybody really knows uh, They had no faith In Andy Ruiz beating uh, Anthony Joshua the first time that's why they let that fight happen the rematch took place because it had to it was in the contract um but aside from that you very rarely see a PBC fighter fight outside the PBC and I think what has happened is yes we we've had some decent matchups with the PBC there's no question about it and we've had some uh decent fights um but there's only so many uh you know um uh, you know, I, I just think that, you know, I use the Charlo brothers as an example. They're extremely overrated, 100% overrated. You know, Deontay Wilder, uh, you know, has l- left money on the table, at least 40 or 50 million dollars. Anthony Joshua made well over 40 million dollars for his rematch with uh, with Andy Ruiz Jr. Uh, Deontay Wilder has yet to make that in his career. Um, you know, Anthony Joshua doesn't fight for less than $20 million a fight. Now, granted, uh, Deontay is going to make some big money with these next two fights against Fury. But still, he's left, you know, at least $100 million on the table uh, because of his own loyalty, which I totally respect. Uh, but, uh, but the truth of the matter is, is to make the big money today in this sport, you have to cross the lines. Boxing is not a single sport. Um, We don't need, uh, you know, division in the sport of boxing. We need unity. And maybe we could take a couple of steps closer to unity in the sport of boxing uh, as we uh, hit the ground here in 2020. Uh, I just want to thank everyone for watching the show and uh, being with us, especially for all of you that have been with us for the 16 years we've been doing this show. Uh, We've come a long way. Uh, we started doing this show as a, a half-hour show uh, out of a gym I owned in Poughkeepsie, New York, called Snoops. And it has uh, blossomed into what we have today. Um, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, want us to have a bigger presence on YouTube, which I agree with. We, we are trying to do that. Uh, but we are on the radio, and I thank all of our radio affiliates. And we are on TV. I, I thank uh, our television affiliates. Um, and I, I, believe as far as, and our podcasters, we have to over a quarter of a million podcast subscribers. Uh, they've been strong, uh, throughout the years. Um, but I think the growth on YouTube is really up to you guys, uh, spread the links around and, uh, anything you could do, we certainly would appreciate it. Hey, listen, make sure you tune in next time. Same bat channel same or wait 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 i i guess you know last year i did it differently you know uh, tune in next time same bad time same bad channel until then i'll leave you with this
2: ciao baby